This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. Always fun to talk to you all in the Twitch chat before the show begins. And as always, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week with free shipping within the continental United States, orders $99 and up. So here we are, episode 604 of Signals from the Frontline. It's been quite an epic journey. Mm -hmm. We began all those years ago, back in the distant time of 2011, with Frankie's laptop and a $10 microphone I got from Fry's Electronics on sale. Yep. Uh, I about that. <laughs> yeah, and we, we recorded on on the hobby table at our first Frontline Gaming store. Yep. Um, the bus would always go by humorously right when we started recording. Yep. And then some crazy people from the mental hospital would start you know, licking the, t- the window and people would actually be in the store playing games while we're trying to record signals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original, be ringing. Yeah, yeah the yeah. phone would ring. We'd have to take a call in the middle of the show. Yep. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> we're here. Uh, the original shows were 15 minutes, yep. and we had no idea what we were doing. Frankie figured out how to put a podcast on the internet because that was like magic. No clue. Uh, it's, been, it's been quite a journey. Some of you have been with us since the very beginning, but uh, today today's a special day. It's, it's filled with a little bit of sadness, uh, but also some really cool and exciting news is that uh, today for the foreseeable future will be Frankie's last episode for Signals from the Frontline. He has some new and exciting opportunities that have presented themselves to him, and uh, he's on to do some different stuff, which that will become more evident as time goes by. But we wanted to say uh, it wouldn't be the same without you. You literally figured out how to make it work. (laughs) It was just a couple of dudes uh, talking about 40K, and it's still just a couple of dudes talking about 40K. (laughs) But uh, we've gotten significantly bigger and better uh, over the years. And uh, we brought on Mariana, Jason. Uh, it's been it's been quite a journey, but uh, Frankie wouldn't be the same without you. It won't be the same without you, but we will soldier on. So, buddy, bring it in. And a ride. Jason. Stay there. Stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I tried to get the out of it, The two of you for life. Forever. So, uh, fond farewell, fond farewell to uh, to Francis. You've been the best sidekick a man could ask for. <laughs> <laughs> you son of. A- <laughs> uh, but we can't wait to see what the future holds for you. So, yep. good luck, buddy. Cool. Any uh, parting words for for the? It's been a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoy the the gruesome twosome that you guys mm. can call it now. Uh, they'll provide great quality shows and have a lot of fun. And uh, stay tuned for what we're doing in the future. Um, all sorts of good stuff. So have a good one, everybody. Thank you. All right. So on with the show. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to try not to screw up. <laughs> Indeed. But we will definitely miss Frankie. But uh, stay tuned because there's some really exciting stuff coming down the pipe. Yeah. And that will all develop in time and not, and not probably not so long from now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this week's pre-order from Games Workshop is more Kill Team sets. We have a uh, Drop Force Imperator, which mm-hmm. features some Scions, some Terrain, all kinds of fun stuff. And then, of course, we also have a uh, Gene Sealer uh, Kill Team mm-hmm. with Terrain and other fun stuff. So the reviews from the game have been, like, super crazy positive. People in chat were just saying that they have been playing it, loving it. Their team, their, their gaming groups are really enjoying it. That's really encouraging because uh, the game is such an easy entry point into the 40k hobby and uh, the games are quick. I was talking to some of the core playtesters just the other day and they were saying that they're playing competitive 20 minute games. 
That's insane. That's crazy. Right. Now, when you're just learning the game, obviously that's probably not going to be the case. Yeah. And uh, at Nova, they're doing one hour rounds. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even just a one hour round. I mean, think about that for a competitive right. game. It's awesome. It's like more like magic at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to be hosting a kill team tournament at the Las Vegas Open too. We're just copying Nova's format because they're very intimately involved with it. And I was talking to Mike and... I was like, what do you suggest? And he was like, just do this. And I was like, okay, right. <laughs> that works for that works for us. Right. So we're working on getting all that together and you will see those tickets up for sale mm -hmm. on the Las Vegas Open website pretty soon. However, yeah, this is exciting. I, I think it's great that Kill Team is getting such good, uh, such a good reception. It's sold incredibly well. Right. Um, <clears throat> and then also, if you did get your order from us, those are all going out. Uh, GW, GW accidentally uh, didn't ship it on time. Uh, a little frustrating, but these things happen. So our shipment is arriving today. Of yes. Team. So yeah. anybody that's waiting, we apologize. It was literally out of our hands. Right. Um, we got somebody else's order from Alaska yep. that was meant to go to Alaska. That was just a mix up. It, mm -hmm. it happens from time to time. So um, if you are waiting, thank you for your patience. Sorry about that. But um, not much we can do about Them's it. Them's the breaks. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's, a little, it's frustrating, but hey, everybody makes mistakes. Uh, even G-Dog. So. Yeah. It is cool with these little sets that are coming out because, you know, you can, it, they don't cost very much money. You pick them up. It has a couple terrain uh, pieces that you can add to the starter set um, that comes in the box. So it's a really good value. It indeed is. And one of the cool things about Kill Team is the way it works. It definitely took some inspiration from um, some other games out there that are, have a really successful and cool system. So you have a, a basically a roster of 20 models mm -hmm. and each of those models <laughs> is uh, either like a grunt, like a, a regular Joe or they're a specialist of some sort, like you have a leader, um, you have special weapon units. And when you get to the table, you take 100 points worth of these uh, choices, put them on the table, play the game. Um, everyone is saying they're really, really enjoying it. And the mechanics are very similar to 40K in that, you know, your weapon skill, ballistic skill, etc. Mm -hmm. But the way that the turn works is a lot different. It's, it's more similar to something like Necrom or not Necromunda, excuse me, uh, Infinity or um, uh, an alternating model activation system. So uh, there's a little bit more detail, like intricacy in the way that the, the turns work, the way the models interact with each other. And uh, like I said, again, getting rave reviews. Yeah. So check it out. Like you can play with the models you already own. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you wanna have a fun little modeling project, uh, like I was gonna put together a team of Catachans themed after the movie Predator. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought that'd be a really fun project to do. Um, you can do that. So very excited to see where this goes. Yeah, it would have been. I think it would have been kind of cool if the, for me personally, if they would have like kind of gone the route of like um, like Malifaux, where you had a, a leader, you know, and then you uh, they have like a um, a little retinue that goes with them. So like, so let's say the Gene Stealers, like they had like a Broodlord with Gene Stealers, or like the Scions had like Commissar with Scions. Something like that would have been, I think, pretty cool. But um, well, the thing is, like, it's a hundred point limit, and a, a Broodlord is a Broodlord would probably be way too powerful. Yeah. So you have a Sergeant, and the Sergeant is your leader, mm -hmm. and then the other guys are. They, it kind of is what you're describing, mm -hmm. and it does take a, 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 a some inspiration from Malifaux mm -hmm. in that. With Malifaux, it's the same way. You come to the table and you pick guys out of a roster mm -hmm. uh, uh, that you want to use. So it is similar to that. And then you do have like your specialists and then your regular dudes. So um, it is kind of like that in mm -hmm. a way. And again, both of us are, are speaking with limited insight. We haven't played we haven't really had a chance yet, yet. And I haven't yeah. played Malifaux in forever. So mm -hmm. forgive us if we're, we're misspeaking. But mm -hmm. from everything I know about both systems, that does sound to me very similar to what we actually get, mm -hmm. which I think is great. So yeah, check it out. Uh, it's definitely super popular right now, and I can't wait to see what uh, the community does does with it. Uh, I think it would be a great tournament game too, man. One hour yeah. rounds, smaller play surface. Mm -hmm. You can fit a lot more people in, in, like a game store, for example. Right. Could run a kill team tournament much much easier than a, a full blast forty k tournament. Are there any balance issues that you've heard of? Not that I know of. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there is. No game system is perfect, mm -hmm. but um, it sounds pretty balanced. You're basically just using troops. So. Right. Okay. Pretty cool. Uh, GW released new FAQs for uh, released FAQs for the new edition of Age of Sigmar last week. Answered a lot of the really kind of crazy balance issues that uh, were brought up when the edition dropped. Things like you know infinite uh, looping of a of an endless spell through the portal, mm -hmm. um, using multiple command points to multiply damage out on certain units to the point of absurdity, like doing sixty four damage with an mm -hmm. attack. Things, things are, are just like obviously broken. They address a lot of it. So if you're playing a new edition of Age of Sigmar, go check it out. 
some of the other really cool and interesting things that came out with the base chart, mm-hmm. which thank you. I'm, I'm glad they did that uh, to kind of standardize the way that the play, the, the match play experience is going to be. So really cool stuff. Make sure to jump in, check it out, see if it impacts your army. GW also previewed two of three new boxed games that are going to be uh, debuting at Gen Con. And these are going to be an entry-level game. They're SnapFit models, and they're going to be available in places like Barnes & Noble. Nice. Right? So they're Very really cool. making an effort to go out reach out to new customers, recruit new players into the hobby, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one that they previewed <laughs> is Blitz Bowl, and it's like a quicker, smaller version of Blood Bowl. Mm-hmm. And again, all SnapFit models. Right? Nice. So a kid, a kid's parents could buy this or anybody, it doesn't have to be a right. kid per se, but somebody could buy this, pick it up and go home without any hobby materials, put them together, yeah. put them on the table and go. And I've tried some of these SnapFit Space Marines mm-hmm. from the Heroes collection that was debuted in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane how easy they are to put together. No glue, nothing. Uh, you just punch them off, you just, with your thumb, push them off the sprue, put them together and they look great. So, and they were actually like multi-part, like you had options. Yeah. Interesting with the name though. Blitzball. I wonder if that was changed because it's going to be more mainstream in like places like Target and Martin's and Noble where a parent might see blood and be like, yeah, we're not going to go with that. Is it the same game? I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like sevens, like a smaller version of it. But check it out. That's interesting. This is maybe not for the the veteran hobbyist. This might not be your first choice, but Mm -hmm. for someone getting into the game. It's probably a great choice. Yeah. And the other game that they debuted was, or that they're previewing, is Space Marine Adventures, Labyrinth of the Necrons. And basically, you take one of five different Space Marine heroes representing one of uh, five different chapters, as Imperial Fist, Salamanders, etc. You go into a Necron tomb, and uh, and you, you go on an adventure. Your Space Marines are trying to resolve nice. some sort of conflict. So pretty cool. Again, the veteran gamer may not find too much here that, that's going to really pique, up, uh, pique their interest. But for the new player, introducing them to the 40K universe, getting them you know, into the grimdark, this is probably a great choice. Right. Like if you have a friend that's like, what is 40K? What is that? And you're like, well, why don't we play this board game real quick? And you can kind of see the aesthetic of the models, right. um, a little bit of the lore, the background, get familiar with the war gear, that kind of stuff. It's a good way to do it. I think so. It's a, I think it's a smart play. And hopefully it'll bring new people into the hobby. Mm-hmm. We've got another secondhand <clears throat> shop auction coming this way Friday, August 3rd at 12 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, that's this coming Friday. If you're listening to the podcast, it's going to be a couple hours after the podcast comes on. So if you're catching it on iTunes or YouTube, so make sure to note the calendar, come on by, check it out. We've got some awesome stuff available this week. Uh, Forge World new in box kits, uh, painted fully magnetized uh, Contemptor Dreadnoughts, all kinds of awesome stuff. We have a... um, uh, the zombie dragon with the vampire lord. Yeah, well, really well painted. Very nice. Yeah. We have a, a falchion, uh, Forge World Super Heavy Tank, fully painted, very nicely painted. Uh, a Conrad Kurz, Primark, some fully painted Armager Warglaves, mm-hmm. custom, or a, a third party Abaddon, you know, counts as Abaddon, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Beautiful model, fully painted Aramon. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff. Tons yeah. of really, really cool stuff in there. I think this is the best auction we've had yet. I, I really Looking do. at the items, yeah. I really do. So the way it works, hop on to Facebook. We do it live on Facebook Live. And basically you bid as you go, and then you send in the payment. We ship it off to you. They're, and they're, they're fun. We started doing it just as a hoot, as a laugh. Mm-hmm. But they turned out to be really popular. People enjoy them a great deal. So jump on and get some really good deals on some awesome stuff. All right, so the BAO... 2018 just went down this last weekend, still recovering. It's, it's really, considering how much work GameCastle does, it's still really tiring. We he manned mm-hmm. it and drove home Sunday night, which yeah. we're not going to be doing again because we got home at 5.30 in the morning after running a tournament, yep. just still trying to catch up on sleep. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a great event, a ton of fun. Really just, it ran so nice and smooth. Um, we had like some very minor hiccups on day one. There was a little bit of crowding in the middle of the tables. So after the first game, we pulled out a row mm-hmm. uh, and freed up a lot of space. No, no longer was it an issue. Started on time. Every round was on time. Awards were 15 minutes late, which is no big deal. Um, that was mostly just because I was like rushing, trying to compile all the data. And I only gave myself a half hour to get it ready, which was being a little bit, I was being a little bit aggressive i think playing fast and loose yeah i was like that's that's not really a realistic target Mm -hmm. um but everything ran really smooth there was no there was no drama there was no controversy Mm -hmm. it was just a nice fun good event 
Yeah, I'm really bummed that I missed it. I had to go to a, a wedding, so I wasn't able to attend. Um, but from everything I heard, it was fantastic. A lot of uh, uh, return people coming back to the hobby that we haven't seen in, in lots of years. Who used to be big time here in the West Coast. Um, you know, Don won, which is fantastic to see. Uh, Don Hoosen, everyone's favorite uh, um, netlister. <laughs> the opposite of a netlist. No, I know. He so, uh, he gets a lot of flack for yeah. the way he writes lists, but like... He doesn't get flack. It's just they're he, really effective. He writes a very, very different yeah. list. Like Don, a.k.a. the Macedon. Yeah. He's take a Macedon full of um, uh, uh, Wolfen, and it, the, name, the nickname kind of stuck, mm -hmm. obviously because his name is Don also. Yeah. But uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he's uh, from... Uh, I scroll up a little bit. I'm trying to remember his team name. It's the the Renegades. I can't the Scorched Earth Renegades. If I want to, mm -hmm. yeah. hope I said that right. Yeah. Um, great guy. Great team. Really, really good. Just just ambassadors of the hobby. Nice. Good sportsman. And uh, Don himself, very active tournament organizer, community mm -hmm. leader. All around, just a good dude. And he plays yeah. really, really different armies. Mm -hmm. And the talk of the town really has been the army that he won with, which we'll get into that. But. Uh, just the, the event in general was super fun. Everybody had a blast. Um, thanks again to Game Castle for hosting us. And uh, to Israel Sanchez, whose uh, company that he works for, they, they brought in catering for the event, which was nice. awesome. It was great. You didn't have to go anywhere if you didn't want to to get mm -hmm. food. So really, really cool. But uh, let's talk a little bit about, about Dawn and this list because it's causing a lot of, of discussion in a good way. Sure. So again, Dawn always takes unique armies, which I think is awesome. Right? He's really showing you that... Conventional wisdom, the, the people on the, the talking heads on the internet really don't always know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, let's go over his list. So here you go, BAO 2018 winning list. Uh, Death Guard Spearhead Detachment, only has seven CP. Mm -hmm. No troops. Nobody would have told you that that was going to be a winning combo, myself right. included, uh, prior to this. So he has a one Demon Prince of Nurgle with wings, Malefic Talons. Uh, he's the Warlord with the Arch Contaminator, Warlord trait, and the Separating Plate Relic. Uh, really cool. Great. Demon Princes are amazing. News on 11. Everybody knows that. So, but here's the big thing that everybody's been talking about. One of his units is a 10-strong Blightlord Terminator unit with uh, Bubotic Axes, uh, six Combi Bolters, two Blight Launchers, two Flails of Contagion. So, everyone is like, Terminators what? Mm -hmm. Terminators? A unit of 10? Are you kidding me? Uh We'll get into it a little bit about how we used it, but that, that was the big one, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, he has a Foul Blight Spawn, three Plague Burst Crawlers, and then he has a uh, Knight's Renegade Super Heavy Detachment with two Helverin uh, Armatures and then one Renegade Knight with double Gatling Cannon, uh, two Heavy Flamers, Heavy Stubber, Ion Storm, Missile Pod, and obviously a Titanic Feet. So, mm -hmm. simple list. Very, very tough list. There's not right. a single unit in here that's easy to kill. Uh, that's going to help you a lot in, in ITC mission format because kill a unit, kill more units is going to be very difficult to achieve. This army is also really good at taking objectives. You don't have any obsec. That's a weakness I would uh, would say that you definitely could mm -hmm. use to counter an army like this. Uh, but what the units that you do have taking objectives are really tough. Right. Obviously, a lot of times you don't want to get very close to them. Um, cool list. Yeah. Super cool list. And... Talking to Don, he said that the Blightlord Terminators <clears throat> were his all-star unit five out of six games. Now, the finals game he played against Jeff on stream, go check that out, VOD. On Twitch, we will be porting those over to YouTube because there's some absolutely awesome games to watch in there. The what he did with them is he would drop them behind his opponent or on a flank, and now you've got 10 Terminators that have a four-up involved, discussing yeah. the resilient two ones. They're crazy hard to, to kill. They hit really hard, and then he would just steamroll right into his opponent's backfield, take the backfield. Nice. Because, you know, like yeah. like you do, I do it a lot of times myself. The yeah. backfield units most of us use are like a guard squad with a mortar. Right. You know, they're, they're wimpy units. Mm -hmm. This unit comes down, there is no stopping them with that stuff. Mm -hmm. So he said that in almost every game, he would just smash the backfield and then their opponent was like, I can't <clears> do anything about this. Right. And everything that he has starting on the board, like you said, is really difficult to take out. Yep. You know, so even if you have you know, a really great like alpha strike shooting list, anything like that against this list, uh, particularly, it's just probably not going to do enough damage before, you know, he is able to fire back at you with his overwhelming firepower. So he, it's, it's a great. really good list yeah. for ITC missions. 
like I said, I could see this army losing to like an orc horde. Yeah. Or any any obseg horde army mm -hmm. because they're also hard to get a kill off, but they're gonna win the objective game. So right. uh that could be a weakness I'd see here, but we didn't see a lot of that at uh at the BAO. It was it was it was knights were the, the big, you know, most popular detachment, most popular faction. And I think this army would have zero problems with a knight army, which he didn't. He went through everybody he played. Mm -hmm. uh, championship game, finals game, he played against uh, Jeff and Control Robinson. Really cool game. Super interesting, very tactically engaging game to watch. Uh, Jeff did make one big boo-boo. Mm -hmm. He uses three units of Custodian Guard as his primary objective capturing units. Mm -hmm. They're obsec, T5, three wounds, two up save, four up invul save. Very, very hard to kill, very tough. And he's used to just kind of like playing them however, like just pushing them onto objectives because most of the time people don't shoot them. And then when they do, it's usually wasted effort. Right. However, Jeff made a, a, a pretty major mental error. Helverins that do three damage a pop have 16 inch rage and can move 14 inches, mean mm -hmm. Dawn very quickly zeroed in on him and blasted him with the Helverins, taking away Jeff's ability to score objectives. Mm -hmm. And that was, that, that was kind of the, the checkmate move. Uh, Jeff lost with Dignity. But uh, he, it was just, he couldn't do anything after that. Uh, and with that big unit of Blight Lord Terminators in his backfield, he had to de dedicate too many resources mm -hmm. to stopping <clears throat> them. And they just it left left uh, Dawn open to win the game. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he, I mean, he, you can't ask for a better game at the end of a, a large tournament like that. Yeah. You know, two really talented players, two really good lists, you know. And, Jeff's and unfortunately for Jeff, because Jeff, I mean, Jeff is a really good player and he's been working really hard this year. Um it's unfortunate that, you know, he wasn't able to pull it out, but Don's also been doing a great job and working really hard this year. So, you know, you got to be happy for either one of them. Yeah, and he, they did great, right? Like if you're that high in a major tournament, we had 135 people show up. Right. Like a little bit more than a 10% drop ratio, which is about, no, it's actually 10% on the nose. Right. Excuse me, it's 15 people didn't show up, just mm -hmm. 10%. Um, that, that's a huge event. You're going to get a ton of points and mm -hmm. you can't feel bad about I mean, it's always disappointing to get to the top table and not close the deal, but right. hey, only one person wins. Yeah. And Jeff's list was really unique too. Mm -hmm. uh, he was using Trajan, the name character of the Depus Custodes. He was yeah. doing work all event, uh, using three units of custodian guard, which I've never seen anybody else do. Mm -hmm. Everyone, you know, the internet tells you bikes, bikes, bikes. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the other custodians players were doing, taking that route. They mm -hmm. didn't get as far. So trust your own ideas, you know? Yeah. Don't feel like you have to do what everybody on the, the forums or a Facebook group says, because they're probably not out there winning events either, to be quite frank. Uh, and the people that are, they're usually playing a list that they they know, they feel comfortable with, they practiced. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the funny thing is, is that Blightlord Terminators a month ago, everybody would have told you you're, you're a noob if you brought them. Mm -hmm. I probably, myself, even someone who's always championing do your own thing, would have been like, oh, I don't know. Right. And now in a month from now, People are going to start using that unit. Mm -hmm. They're going to put it on the table. And then the internet group thing is going to be, oh, that's cheesy, that unit. Right. Which, you know, the same person a couple of weeks yeah. in the past would have been like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's just the way it goes. So congrats to Don yeah. for shaking up the meta, showing people that you don't have to do what everybody thinks is the right thing, you know, in, in, in regards to list building. Mm -hmm. Trust your own ideas. Practice them. Go out. Get the reps in and you'll shock people. Which I think this is great. I love seeing a unique list win. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to, to to Don. Well done. Very impressive victory. Super exciting to watch. Another game I highly recommend people watching. Game three on Twitch. Brandon Grant versus Daniel uh, Olivas. That was probably the I think that was the most exciting game of, of 40k I've watched in a long time. Uh, Daniel is a really really good Unari player. He did. Uh, he was in the hunt to win it all. He got knocked out by Jeff in round five, if I remember correctly. Uh, Daniel alpha struck the hell mm -hmm. out of Brandon. Brandon was way back on his back foot, but Brandon being the calm and collected competitor that he is, every turn was systematically closing the gap. Mm -hmm. Turn six, he, he had fought his way back to the tie. Mm -hmm. He looks at the table and he goes, I could settle for the tie or I could go for the win. And they were both had almost nothing left. Mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil it too much, but he goes for the win and watches the game to see what happens. It was pretty awesome. Cool. Pretty exciting, pretty exciting finish to that game. By the way, if you can't tell, I'm like dying right now. It's hot in here. It's so hot, and I had such a brutal workout this morning. I'm like, sorry if you guys are watching, I'm just sweating. It's, it's, it's uncommonly yeah. hot. It's like 100 degrees on the coast. Yeah, yeah. which it's not normal. <clears throat> Everyone's having a rough COVID. Yeah. So let's uh, let's take a look at some stats from the BAO. It's always fun to do a little number crunching, and if you want to get more of that, listen to Chapter Tactics.
Yep. With uh, Jeff Robinson, Sean Morgan, who was there, he did very well with his uh, Eldar Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pablo, of course, the host of the show, who he did very well too with his Imperial Soup. Mm-hmm. Um, they go into a lot more of this as well. But uh, our top 10 primary factions at uh, the BAO is pretty happy with the diversity. Uh, Death Card, obviously, which was Dawn, mm-hmm. uh, two Imperial Knights, three Ash Militarum, one Custodes, 1,000 Sons, two Eldar slash Inari. Mm-hmm. So a, a nice spread in there. Uh, Imperial Knights were super popular, so they were probably misrepresented. I think that's going to change as we go. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you look at the top 20, it gets even more interesting. Yeah. We had a Dark Angels in there, two Tau, one Jukari, one Colt Mechanicus, mm-hmm. and two Tyranids. What is a Thousand Suns list? Well, the, the, top 10? the way most people are playing Thousand Suns right mm-hmm. now is, is Smite Spam. Okay. Uh, usually with a bunch of uh, Sorcerers, Aramon, mm-hmm. uh, often Magnus, and some Demon Princes yeah. surrounded by whatever Chaff unit. Sometimes it's. De- uh, uh, Plague Bearers, sometimes it's Horrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, horrors, by the way, are an amazing screen unit. You can get them up to like a three-up invul. So yeah. uh, really, really tough. But that, that's basically what it is okay. um, right now. Unfortunately, not still not seeing a lot of actual rubric Marines. Yeah. But I'm sure a creative player can make it work. But the mm-hmm. easy, kind of the easy way to do it is taking a bunch of characters that you can't target behind a tough screen. Right. That smite you. Yeah. But uh, that that is typically the way they're being played at present. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a really diverse field. I mean, you had a lot of, uh, a lot of Astro Militarium, but that's pretty normal. A lot mm-hmm. of Knights, they're the flavor of the month. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, there's a lot of, a lot of diversity. So mm-hmm. let's take a look at some more data, uh, out of the event and a big thanks to Yak Hunter who did a lot of the number crunching. He did all the number crunching, which, uh, it's really exciting. It's cool to see. But, uh, the most common primary factions, we had Imperial Knights with 14. Tau was second most popular with 13 Astro Militarium. Third with 11, Ashiyani mm-hmm. with 11, and Terrans with 10. Yeah. Uh, most common secondary detachments, no surprise here. Astro Militarium with 40. Give me them CP, baby. Give nice. them to me. I hey, do, we I do too. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why not? It's yeah. just too efficient. Yeah. You know, Thanks, Games Workshop. I love it. Well, the thing is, uh, it, it, it does reflect the background of the game, though. It's, it's not it some weird combo. Yeah. You know, the Space Marines are always going to be working with, usually going to be working with uh, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. planetary defense forces around. Yeah. Uh, and then the most common secondary, Astronaut Terran with 40, Tau with 20, Azuryani with 19, Jakari with 15, Agents of Vect all day. There we go. And then Tyranids with 12. Most points earned per round, first place, Sisters of Battle. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Dark Angels uh, was number two, Imperial Knights three, Renegade Knights four, Yunari five. And then the highest win percentage by primary faction, Renegade Knights with a 75% win ratio. Now there's only a couple people playing on one of which. Um, was Don Houston who did really well. Right. So out of the out of the amount of people who had them in their list, what was their winning record? 75% because... Yeah. Because there's only it. like two of them. Yeah. And they both yeah. won a lot of And games. they both did really yeah. well. And the same with Dark Angels. There was only two, but they both kicked ass. Nice. Uh, so those numbers are skewed <clears throat> by a very small sample set. Yeah. Gene Siller Colt was in third. Uh, and again, exact same thing. Small yeah. sample set. And the players that did bring them did well. Uh-huh. Jukari and... Um, Fourth, Imperial Knights in fifth, Talon sixth, with the highest win ratios. Yeah, so yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I like so the nice um, I think we're gonna see the primary faction being Imperial Knights a lot because they're it's popular, right? They're very good, but they cost so many points. Yeah. They're always gonna be like even for me, like I I don't I have them in my list, not necessarily as my primary, but they have to be because the amount of points. But the vast majority of my models are my gray knights. Yeah. You know, but they just can't equal you know, 600 points for a, a single night, you know, That's plus true. everything else. So that is, I think, something we'll see for the rest of the year. You know, it's just you're going to see a lot of Imperial Knights just because of how many points they just cost. Well, they're really popular. Yeah. Almost everybody has Knights. They're cool models. They are. They make the games go by quickly. Like one of the things we noticed at the BAO, we had three-hour rounds and almost everybody was finishing their game. So natural conclusion is cool. Do we? Uh, uh, work over this. Um, here we go. Yeah. So that was really cool and interesting. But the other thing I like too is that the Imperial Knights that were uh, – at the event, there was a lot of diversity in the lists, right? Like, there was a lot of diversity in the list, period. Like, we weren't mm-hmm. seeing a lot of co- copy-paste uh, armies. Like, yeah. the Tau armies, like, some of them had a bunch of Riptides. Yeah. Some of them had Long Strike and Ion Head. Some of them had a ton of Fire Warriors. Like, right. there was a really wide diversity uh, with Eldar. Right. We had, you know, some of the kind of, like, Nick Nonavati-style infantry mm-hmm. in our, and then we had a bunch of Eldar Air Forces, and then we had a kind of a... A mix of everything. Right. The two Dark Angels armies were radically different. One was a flyer army with Inceptors. The other one was a bunch of Dreadnoughts. And it's like, wow, man. They, yeah. 
They were all different. And with Imperial Knights, it was the same way. Mm-hmm. Of the top performing Imperial Knights players, a uh, big shout out to Salty John, mm-hmm. John Weiermuller, who was one of the head judges at the LVO. He got second place mm-hmm. with his Knights. With just Knights. Right? He had Knights in a C, uh, guard CP battery. Mm. Uh, and he beat Ben Vaughn, who was the other undefeated Knight player who had an old school all-Knight army. Yeah. They played uh, for the for second place yeah. and, and uh, John won. Well, Ben rocked that throughout 7th edition. Um, yeah. So beautifully it, it painted. He used it the army. entire time. Yeah. So he must just be like, like on cloud nine. No, he was yeah. stoked. He just literally took his old army, came and kicked yep. ass. Um, he had like night gallants and, you know, night errants and st- stuff you yeah. don't see as much now. Mm-hmm. Whereas John had kind of like a more modern, um, not, you know, if I remember correctly, he had night preceptor, mm-hmm. he had, uh, uh, Castellan, mm-hmm. kind of more of like the current, you know, flavor of knights. But I want to give a big shout out to Mark as well. He had three night gallants with 20 death company. Yeah. And he, he went five and one in the one game he lost, he barely lost and he was crushing people. So, Right. There's lots of different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of different ways to do it. So it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that, that plays out. Because right now, people's armies are more geared towards killing hordes. Because mm-hmm. pre-Knights, that was where we were at. Yeah. Post-Knights, you're going to have to think about how am I going to kill them? How am I going to deal them? with a Castellan or how yep. are you going to deal with a Valiant? You yep. know, if you can't, you're going to have a rough time at a tournament. And House Raven was definitely the most popular. Yeah. Um, but it was a pretty good spread. And the only one that was like comically... Um, out of shape. And if you want to see all these data, go click on the link in the show notes and you can see the spreadsheet with all the data in it. It's broken down by sub-faction. Mm-hmm. For, when it, for Eldar, it was like 15 to 1 to lay talk to anything else. Yep. That was comical. The other ones, there was a more even distribution between the various sub-factions. So pretty funny. Uh, we also want to talk about chess clocks because that was like a big to-do before the event mm-hmm. and uh, after having run it, we were, we've been talking about this for years. We finally did it. And uh, I do have to say it was comically anticlimactic. Like it was such a non issue. Mm-hmm. It was like barely worth talking about. Uh, the way we did it is everybody with a winning record on day two, we put chess clocks on the table. We had a pregame meeting. I was like, hey, everybody, this is how you use it. Cause I'm sure nobody read the dang rules. Mm-hmm even though we've been talking about it for five months and there was 32 people with a, with a winning record um, day two. So not too many, it wasn't a huge portion of the, the field. Mm-hmm. Um, half the people had literally never used more than half of them and never used a chess clock at all. Mm-hmm. Even though we were kept telling everyone you should definitely practice with it. I was shocked at how much of a non issue it was. It was just the, yeah. not a big deal. After all the discussion and the yeah. debate. People just grabbed them, used them, and just, that was it. Yeah, and that yeah. was it. And it was like no one said anything. It was mm-hmm. just like not – it was just such a non-issue. Right. Because everybody was focused on playing their game. They just – it was like, oh, the clock, cool. Mm-hmm. And the, the only people that had any comments about it at all, and we're still going to be soliciting feedback so we'll get more. Mm-hmm. But everyone who'd used it was like – I was like I was – maybe I was apprehensive. I was on the fence. And then I used it, and I'm, they're like, I'm sold. Yeah. Because we had a couple guys that were like, oh, man, my next opponent has 300 models. Yeah. He's like, I'm so thankful that we're going to have a clock. Right. Yeah. Because now it's an actual even playing field. Like you have the exact same amount of time. So great. Bring your 300 orcs. That's fine. You want to play that? You better be practicing. (laughs) And if you're that person's opponent, you're not going to be sitting there for 45 minutes a turn while they move their models. Or if you are, you're going to win. I agree with you 100%. You know. But the thing is, the, the funny thing is, because I was walking around checking every table that had a clock, yeah. making sure they were using it right, seeing if there was a big time discrepancy. And if right. they were, I'm like, hey, you, re- you know what's going to happen when you run out of time. Mm-hmm. You don't get to do anything anymore besides take saves. Yeah. And um, even the tables with the horde armies mm-hmm. playing against a guy who had maybe 60 models, mm-hmm. they're usually dead even on time. Yeah. It was, and it's like, it took away, there was zero accusations of slow play. Yeah. Because you can't. Right. The only, the only time... We had accusations of slow play on on tables that did not have a clock. Right. And there was no discussion of like, if I only had one more turn, I would have won the game. It it, it eliminated all of that. Right. Like there was no room for bullshit at all. Yeah. There was zero, that's the number one complaint in a tournament is Mm -hmm. my opponent slow played me. And it's usually not true. It's usually both players playing slow. Yeah. At the top tables, not once because there was, it removed all doubt. Right. Like it was, it was really, it was really cool to see. And in most games, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It had zero impact on the game because we did three-hour rounds. People were simply finishing their games, so it, the clock was irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It didn't even matter for their game at all, right? So like a lot of the games, it, you didn't need it whatsoever. But the games where it mattered, it was super important to have it. Yeah. 
we had one gentleman that clocked out. Um, and interestingly, he had a low bottle count army and he was playing a horde. And at one point, his opponent had 35 more minutes than he did. Mm-hmm. So when he did clock out on turn the bottom of turn five or the top of turn five, he just had to sit there while his opponent was able to go and uh, win the game. I don't know if he would have won the game had he not run out of time, but yeah. it did look, it kind of looked that way. Mm-hmm. But it was like he he took an hour on his first turn. Yeah. So it's like there was no room, like it, it removed all doubt. Yeah. Right? Like, and you can he, sit there and be upset with yourself, but you that was your choice to to not be familiar with your army, to sit and take an hour on your first turn. It's unfair to your opponent to have to sit there during that hour. So, you know, they get that time back. You know? yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. 100%. You, you get the time and yeah. neither player could complain at all because they, yeah. it was the, right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. Your clock, you've used up way more time than me. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the other player had a horde. Yeah. Right? But the horde army was way ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. So when the, when he did clock out, he just, you can't take any other voluntary actions and his opponent got to play out the rest of the turn. Right. Uh, he did win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to put anybody down, but it was just, it was, it was cool because it was a tense game. It was a high, uh, top, yeah. a top table game. Yeah. It was like round five. Really mattered. Very important. But it eliminated that, oh, we didn't get to finish because one person was playing too slow. Right. Kind of a thing. And if there wasn't the chess clock on the table, you would have seen that the opponent who or the person who won who had the more time at the end probably would have lost the game. And then that would have been a good example of somebody taking up the vast majority of time in what's supposed to be an equal competitive uh, game. Yeah, and you know the, the person that, that did take the more time, he, he's an awesome dude, and yeah. I would never, you know, mm-hmm. not trying to put him down at all. But yeah. like, it's like there's no argument to be made. You're like, yeah. I used up way more time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. And then his opponent was like, didn't get, you know, I don't want to say cheated out of time, but didn't have too much time taken away from him, mm-hmm. and he was able to play <laughs> half the game. So to me, that was like the selling moment right. when I was like, this is what it was here to do. Mm-hmm. It did it. it. It ensured that we had a fair game at a top table when it yeah. mattered. For everybody else, it didn't even really matter at all. Right. But one of the, the I, I wanted to read this point of feedback that came in from a, a friend of ours, Tony Myers, mm-hmm. from Hammerhead Games, a uh, uh, very competitive player, yeah. uh, active in the community, mm-hmm. personal friend. Yeah. Uh, but he cool was, company. Cool company. Yeah. yeah they're funny. They're really good. Yeah. They do good marketing. Uh, he was against chess clocks. So he posted this up um, in the, the TO uh, Facebook group for ITCTOs. Uh, and he had this to say, uh, overall, I had an amazing time. Lots of great opponents. Great to see everyone as always. First time using chess clocks at a GT slash major on day two. And despite learning, t- leaning towards them not being the definitive answer before the event, I'll admit I'm now firmly a supporter. Even in my last game when we had I- an issue with our clock working, his clock wouldn't turn on for some reason. And I ran over and switched out. Um, with our clock working, it was easy to call the judge over for a fix and it was flawless from there. Biggest benefit to them was that it keeps both players much more involved in the game, in my opinion. Doing so immediately gets the game moving and keeps it on track for a natural conclusion. And that I wanted to interject here. What it does is it makes you extremely aware of the fact that, hey, we need to go. Yeah, you're not you're not sitting there looking at your book, talking on the phone. Oh, I'm going to go run to the bathroom, be back in 20 minutes. Oh, you stopped your turn 10 minutes ago. Well, I'm back. Stops that. Yep. It stops people from like, it's like, okay, hey, let's go. And for the people that are on those tables where it really matters, like every table matters, but the people that when they're winning, it's a little bit more tense. It it eliminates all this like, oh, you're you're not doing something fair. Um, And so then he goes on to say, uh, none of my games were called to time. Uh, Round one, natural conclusion, turn four. Uh, Round two, natural conclusion, turn three, he lost. And then he goes on to list everyone. He went to turns five, six, five, Mm -hmm. six. So every game, there was either a tabling or they went all the way. To six. Yeah. He goes on to say three hour rounds are perfect. Holy crap, does that extra few minutes uh, help complete everything? Uh, in the past, I've always almost always felt rushed uh, to log the, the, the results, but with the combination of three hour rounds and the clock, every single game finished. And he's really happy about that. So cool. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's great. So I guess to, to kind of sum it up, do, does every table in an event need a clock? Absolutely not. No. And at some of those big events, it's just not a feasible thing currently yeah they're not they're not cheap i mean even if you yeah. buy them in bulk i think the cheapest we've seen was down to like 15 12 bucks right and that's if you're buying like hundreds mm-hmm. of them which is you know you're talking about thousands of dollars that's yeah. obviously not in the budget yeah for most tos but if the clock is something you're interested in mm-hmm. again the itc is not saying you have to use one or anything like that we would never do that mm-hmm. but if you think it sounds like a good solution 
if you have slow playing as, a, as, as an accusation or, or something that people get upset about, consider it. Uh, the rules are all up um, on Frontline Gaming. They work great. Uh, consider giving it a, a, a shot because we were super happy with it. Yeah. It just, no one, like, no one was talking about it. Like, the only thing anybody talked about online is that on the Game 5, and of course, people were just looking for something to say it was drama, but it was no drama at all. Um, game 5, Daniel versus Jeff. Uh, they Daniel, or... Um, Daniel forgot to hand the clock back to Jeff, so they, they kept playing onto his time. So I went over, I checked the clock, and yeah. I'm like, man, you guys have a big discrepancy yeah. on time. And Daniel's like, dude, I forgot to, yeah. to, take the, to, to hand the time back to Jeff. And so Jeff was nice enough to go take, I'll give you the 10 minutes of my time. Okay. Don't have to, because the number one rule of the chess clock is that you're responsible for your own clock. Right. right. If you forget to do that, that is, excuse my French, that is tough shit. Yeah. You are responsible for your time. So in, in a competitive game, you if you do forgot it again. to do it, yeah. So yeah. it, it takes it puts the responsibility on you to manage your time, which is right. good. That's the way it should be. Yep. But Jeff was a, as a, as a uh, gentleman and a good competitor, and right. he gave him ten minutes back. It didn't end up mattering anyway because mm-hmm. they finished ahead of time. But that was the only drama, and it was not drama. At right. All. Like neither player cared. It was just a goof. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I thought that was great. Yeah, it's great to hear. Like I said, yeah. I'm really bummed that I had to miss it, but it sounds like everything went fantastic. Yeah, the the the, the people that got wedding are, are friends of ours that yeah. uh, always go to all the events, and it just so happened that the wedding was the same. Yeah, day. we got to go out on their bachelor party, which was yeah. a lot of fun. But we'll see him down at so- SoCal Open, yeah. which is uh, coming up in October. And we saw plenty of room. If you yeah. want to come and play, it's going to be a huge event. Won't be as hot as uh, July or in August in San yeah. Diego. <laughs> I think we, we're going to see if we can try to move the BAO because it, <clears throat> it did get a little warm in mm-hmm. the hall. Um, they had fans and AC going, so it wasn't like. It wasn't like super uncomfortable, but it did get a little warm. Mm-hmm. We'll see maybe if we can move the date to go into a, a month where it's a little bit cooler mm-hmm. um, at Game Castle. But it, it also, it's been uncommonly hot yep. this, this month. Yep. So upcoming 40K ITC events, we want to do a special shout out to the Dice Hammer GT. Uh, that's going to be September 15th to the 16th in Lake Forest, California. We're going to be going, or yep. I'm going for sure. I'm sure some of the other I'll probably go. Too. Yeah. But uh, Nick, Nick Carter, our, our really good friend, is running it. He's a mm-hmm. great guy. So this event's going to be in a bowling alley. They have a bar. Ooh. It sounds like it's going to be really fun and a lot of really Very cool. Very unique. Cool, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're trying to get, we're trying to help get a good GT going in LA again. Yeah. Because they used to have a ton, but they don't anymore. There's so, none, yeah. And yeah, they, they all kind of like faded away. Yeah, we used to have no football teams. Now we have two football teams. Tons of GTs, now no GTs. What's going on? The Chargers are dead to me. Don't talk about yeah. it. That hurts my heart. They were here for like 60-some years. Yeah. <sighs> Money, baby. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, Dice Hammer uh, GT, check it out. Yep. It's in LA. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. Really good people going. A great, great group of people running it. Yeah, Nick's great. Yeah, he's awesome, dude. <laughs> and then, of course, we have a gazillion other events coming up this weekend. We just this a, weekend. Yeah, just Ugh. this weekend. It's crazy how big it's going. They're logging, BCP is logging 50 events a weekend now. Jeez. It used to be like 10. Yeah, it's crazy. So, we have a, a major the Mags Championship at Gen Con. Mags is the uh, Mid American. Oh, I can't remember. Gaming Society. I, I interviewed him and I can't even remember. I feel like an idiot now. Uh, but this is these are really cool people. Yeah. Very passionate hobbyists. They're running a ton of events at Gen Con this weekend. Go check it out if you're around. You can mm-hmm. jump in, get a ticket, and play. Uh, Going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a couple um, internationally as well. So we have uh, a couple in looks like the UK, New Zealand, Canada. Oh, what's up? We got a Kiwi event. We do. It's uh, in Wellington. It's called Arms 18 on awesome. uh, this weekend. Yeah. The, the yeah. Kiwi's been asking for their own. Hey, get out there and get some points. ITC uh, region. And I was like, aren't you guys just like another like yeah. a vassal of what Australia? What put you into Australia? It's yeah. fine. You're just like, you're like, you're like Australia's little kid. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> no, that was us. But the Australians are basically just South Africans, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the, the, the South Africa beat them in rugby <laughs> that they conquered them officially. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, would, that would mean that New Zealand's in charge. I really just need to come back with that the top ten worst parts about Australia <laughs> every every week. Uh, okay, so there's a ton of events, <laughs> ton of events going lot. on this yeah. weekend. Go out there, get your points, support your local community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a bunch of upcoming uh, Age of Sigma IT, ITC events in the month of August, including a GT wow. Iron Realms Age of Sigma Grand Tournament, and that's in Oklahoma. And remember, if uh, we, we lowered the threshold for Age of Sigmar ITC events. To be a GT, you need 20 mm-hmm. or more players. And to be a major, you need 40 or yeah. more players. Because uh, the community is still growing and building steam. So we made it a yeah. little bit easier. There's one tomorrow at Gen Con. Yes. Yep. There is. 
So if you happen to be at Gen Con, bring your models. There's a ton. There's like 40 Games Workshop events at Gen Con this year. It's crazy. Yeah. They also they made a um, they made a gigantic Space Hulk that you can actually like walk inside and play. Really? Games. Yeah. It's crazy. So check that out. Gen Con's gonna be a blast. We're not gonna be there this year. We usually go, but yeah. it's just too much traveling mm-hmm. um, this summer. So your current 40k ITC top 10, Matt Root continues to lead the pack with a very significant lead. He has 691 points. It's going to be tough to overcome that. Josh Death continues to hang on to second place uh, with 635. But Jeff Robinson, a.k.a. in control, has moved up into third place with his performance at the BAO with a score of 619. Nick Gower is sitting in fourth with 617. And Don, the Mastodon, jumps into fifth. Nice leap right there. With 616. So... The battle for third place is like neck and neck. Right. Uh, well done. And then Mitch Pellin falls down into sixth mm-hmm. uh, with uh, – he, he did pretty good at, at, at BAO, but he got knocked out relatively early. Mm-hmm. So he is sitting in sixth with 593. I uh, wanted to give a shout-out to the 40K teams in the ITC. We haven't uh, done this in a while. Mm-hmm. But Beast Coast is sitting pretty with a big lead in first place. And then we have Overwatch Gaming in second, Frozen North Gaming in third, Team Draco, which is a UK-based team in fourth, and Can Hammer, obviously a Canadian team, in fifth. Let's get some West Coast representation on there. I think the Relentless D team is up in the top ten, but... How's uh, Team Zero Comp? I don't know. (laughs) We're getting some steam going again. Like, uh, Ben Cromwell just reactivated on the team. Um, Who's... I don't even know who's on the team anymore. (laughs) j just came back. Will just came back. Yeah. And uh, Maybe I'll have to rejoin the team. You're on Harambe's Avengers. I uh, I made a split, Yeah. yeah. It's true. Harambe's Revengers. That's, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the best name mm-hmm. ever. Uh, your current 40K ITC hobby track, Jeff Merrick moves into first place, displacing the Gower, who drops down into second. Lou Rollins in third. Antonio Cedeno in fifth. And Sean Prosser in fifth. Age of Sigmar ITC top 10 currently. Joe Cryer continues to lead the pack, extending his lead over James Thomas. James is currently sitting in second. He's a local boy, mm-hmm. friend of ours. Matthew Jones moves into third, Josh Harvey into fourth, and Stephen Heitchi in fifth. ITC uh, AOS hobby track, Laljeet Sidhu is, continues to remain in first place. Do we have by photos? Philip Verduzco has moved into second, Frank Deloach in third, Scott Reed in fourth, and Josh Harvey in fifth. Do we have photos of those guys' armies? Or? No, but send them in, yeah. guys. Uh, we had a guy send in his photos of his army for the 40K hobby track, unfortunately. Nice. Laljeet. Unfortunately, uh, photos. The, the photos were really dark. The lighting wasn't very good. I didn't want to put them up because they didn't put the army in the best light, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, if you're in the top five, send in nice photos. Send good photos. Yeah. Maybe uh, spend a few minutes. There, there's, a, there's a great Google. Uh, GW did a really, really good tutorial on how to take miniatures pictures. Yeah. You can do it with a cell, with a, a phone. Okay. Uh, in a piece of white paper. Yeah. That's all you need. Um, yeah. Get, try to take some nice pictures. Yeah. And then we're happy to share them. Have some um, respect. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Shadespire ITC Hobby Track, top 10. Currently first place, Mike Course. He's moved into first. Displacing Matt Everhart, who dropped down into th- uh, second, excuse me. Brandon Ulick in third. Andrew Everhart in fourth. And Josue Ibarra in fifth. Nicely done. Okay. Ooh-wee, who is wow, that wee. handsome fella? Is it time for the picks? It is time for the picture. My favorite part of the show. So we have a couple good ones today. We always have good ones, but these are great ones. So uh, we have Constantine Valdor. It's a 30K model. If you put this guy as your profile picture on, Jeez, on, this, uh, on Tinder, Tinder, I would just get a lot of dates. You get a lot of swipes. A lot of second dates. You get yeah. a lot of swipes. I think so. Look, look, at, look at this guy. guy. He's, He's magnificent. Huge. Yeah. So this is uh, Constantine Valdor. This is, believe it or not, Tabletop Plus. It's not Masterclass, but this artist really put a lot it into it. really, really <laughs> Again, our artists are usually way, way more talented than... Uh, then with you know, we'll give this guy a tabletop plus, but like he just puts his heart and soul into it, and you're like, wow, this looks like a masterclass, but I paid for a tabletop plus. Yeah. And the artist is happy because you're happy. So. And then the client's happy. And too. The clients, yeah. So this is, just looks fantastic. Um, a 30k model, you know. Uh, the the interesting thing is this guy won't be here to pick it up until the fall. So I'm <laughs> he's a visiting. He's an international guy. He's like, I'm going to be in San Diego. I'm use this kind of game. I'll be in San Diego in October. I'll pick it up. I'm like, cool. Uh, Constantine. Valdor. Yeah, he, he's the, the basically the chapter master of the custodes in the 30K, the horse heresy time period. Yeah, he's, he's badass. Yeah. Um, and then we have a couple uh, tabletop commissions, which I love. These are my favorite because they're the easiest ones to do. Um, but they look fantastic. So uh, as you see here, we have a couple uh, squads of Sisters of Silence. Um, you have a squad of uh, Scions. These are, these are painted for Jeff Robinson um, by the studio. Uh, just nice, clean, flat base coats, which is what we want. You know, nice and bright. 
basic line highlighting, but it looks fantastic. Level one bases, which you see here, is just a single material, but yeah, it's, it's affordable. effective. Very it's, affordable. It's affordable. It looks good. And a tabletop. And for both of these squads, I would say uh, per miniature, if we're going to be assembling and cleaning for you, you're looking at like maybe 15 bucks a miniature, which is not bad yeah. at all for this quality. It's super affordable. Right. And it looks great. Mm -hmm. So check it out if you want to uh, get a quote. We're always taking quotes and we'd be happy to. All day, air day. Air day. That's what the, uh, the millennials say. Ooh. I know. No, the, the, I'm trying to keep up with them. The millennials say anything that's non-offensive. I don't get I, You know, this weekend I was hanging out with millennials the entire, they were all 25 years old. Group. Shocking. I could not understand a, a single word they Shocking. were saying. Like they, they really were saying like swaggy <laughs> and stuff. And I was just like, what am I doing with my life? I'm yeah. just, God, I should be playing with little toys with yes, men. right. With grown men. That's what a man In does. a hot. No, it is the children that are <laughs> Right. Some of the things they were saying too, like I'm like, man, you guys. I don't get it. You guys get offended by everything. I don't get it, man. It's, it's like a ten year age gap, but it's, it's it seems like a million it seems, years. <laughs> it's, it's like, I know you know you're getting old when you start like, man, these twenty five year olds are really yeah. weird. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so hit us up, painting at frontlinegaming.org. You can also go to our uh, flgpaintstudio.com. Is that it? I don't know. The URL. Anyways, go to our flgpaintstudio.com. How do you not know that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, because it's, it's hyperlinked on my uh, computer. Uh, so, yeah. All right, let's jump over to Twitch, answer some questions, and let's try to ignore the fact that the head of the paint studio didn't know the URL for the paint let's, studio. Let's uh, answer questions about Don and how magnificent he is. He is a magnificent bastard. Yeah, he is fantastic. Uh, Geekmaster K, I saw the BAO stream and was super excited that Don Hoosen won. He organized the first ITC event I ever attended. Seeing him win on stream was great. That's rad. Very, cool. very cool. Yeah. Uh, Twisted Victor, the pigs are up on the stream, or they were. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and you can see them in, uh, in the show notes also. Name giver, when are we going to see FLG kill team mats? Dice roll uh, forever on the stock, stock game boards. Yeah, we, that is something that we are actively working on. It's going to be months away, though, before we can actually deliver. Um, so hang tight. What let is us, it? Let oh, us know team? what designs you would like to see. Yeah. Uh, Maverick 7717, I can attest the FLG Paint Studio did a great job on my Shadow Sun. Cool. You're welcome. Thank you for your business. Yeah. Now that Frankie is taking a back seat, how is he going to pre prevent Reese from further nerfing Tau? Asked Aether. Nobody can stop me now. Obviously, <laughs> you have not done a good enough job because they did pretty well to yeah, the they AO. Kicking ass at the BAO. You know, and I'm tired of those Tau players. Although they did really struggle with Knights, which yeah. I was surprised at because. Only one knight can get super high defense, and the, the, the tower has so much high power, high power, firepower. Although all the t the games that I personally saw, yeah, the tower player was like I went second. And as a knight, as a person who plays knights, I can attest to the fact that if you go first, that gives you a massive advantage. Yeah. Do you know what? Uh, I didn't see Necrons at all listed anywhere. <laughs> no, they did. There was quite a few Necron players. They okay. didn't have the best showing. Okay. They didn't well, have the what were you seeing as the reason for that? I don't know. It's uh, were you seeing like the three test rocks? Test rack. There lists? was no test rack list. How do you think Maybe they would do was. against knights? I think knights would kick their ass to be honest. Really? Because like again, if the knights go first, it's not even going to be a game. Yeah. But the test rack vaults can do mortal wounds. They have a lot of shots, but I just don't think they can stop the knights. The knights are just going to because as soon as the knight touches them, they're dead. Yeah. Um, I don't. You know, you never know. Yeah. I guess it would depend on the way that. Uh, Interesting, because the heavy destroyers are really good. It uh, is hot. Yeah. The heavy destroyers are, are the destroyers are amazing. Yeah. Why do I look like Stalin? Ooh. Asks one player. I don't think this is a, a Joseph Stalin mustache. It's it's yeah. It's because I'm the boss, and anybody who questions me will be. Exterminated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm, thoughts on poor Necron. Okay, so he was also. Yeah, you know, RVD, no, 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 me and him are kin. Actual pessimist. Yeah. Me and him are like, yeah, he's my friend now. You didn't <laughs> you lay off him. are the ultimate haters. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's funny because what did I looked for the negative. The thing is, you, you <laughs> can, I know you do. You are such How a. How come pessimist. there's no Necron players on there? They're terrible. Well, the thing is, like, a lot of, like, there was only one Adeptus Astartes player. Like primary faction, there was really? one or player. Yeah, somebody's like, like, "Here's my five man tactical squads with missile launchers." He went three and three, which is totally respectable. It's <laughs> been on the pack. Did he have a th uh, the Thunderfire cannon? Thunder if you didn't, you're foolish. That's the yeah. best. Besides Smash Captain, that's the best thing in there. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's a good question here. Uh, the 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 Necron players. I don't know. You know, like that depends on who they played. Uh, Maybe it just benched poor quality players. Well, Reese, did you see it. Frankie to the Gulag, CWWS? Yeah, he's he just gone. He's, me. he's out. He's eating potatoes and doing hard labor in Siberia now. Yeah. Uh, only one player timed out uh, at the LVO with the chess clock that I saw. Yeah. Yep. BAO, excuse me. Yep. 
Uh, LLV1, do you think knights are too powerful or do you think that the metal will adjust? Yeah, the metal will adjust. You guys, we have this discussion every single, like we were just saying this about Jukari, they're too good. Uh, and then before that, it was Recently, we were like, too good. Our, uh, our cultist bombs, yeah. too good. Yeah. And now you're just like. And now you're just like, whatever. Yeah. It's shock and awe right now. Like, I think the three plus plus, I think that's probably too much in my opinion. A knight shouldn't be able to get a three plus plus against shooting. That's and there, there's a lot of hard counters to knights as well. That like if you go up against those Harlequin lists yeah. with the haywire grenades, the spam, yeah. and you are a like, pure eye player, you're like, well, yeah. dang, you get rocked. Yeah. And you might, you're probably at some point going to face somebody who has that. Thanks for the cheers, ma'am, dear. We really appreciate it. Um, it's mm -hmm. a me, Riccio. That's true. That is true. Jessica Bowman was there, and she is a very good player. She so, went three and three, if yeah. I remember correctly. She did fine. She did well. She beat the top Azriani player. Uh, RVD one of a kind. The problem is that. Were quite a few Necron. There were quite a few. I mean, whatever you can draw, whatever um, conclusion you want from the data. It's not definitive. It's fun <laughs> to look at it and look for for and look for um, trends. But uh, Necrons do have some challenges, but they also have some really really strong units. Destroyers are freaking amazing with their stratagem. They hit Gammon. Yeah. Uh, but they did. They, they do have some challenges to face. Like Jessica was saying that she can It's a struggle sometimes for knights. And that's why she brought the um, pylon. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know if she played a night player and how she did, but uh, you know, it's, uh, try not to, to read too much into it. More than the people that brought Necrons performed X at this event. Yeah, right. It doesn't. It's not an indictment or whatever, or doesn't prove something's broken or not broken. But if you see that trend continue, then yeah, it's time to take a look at making some adjustments. Yeah. Uh, Dawn had one knight and two armagers, two halberds, which are still really good. Name giver, is the painting stream dead? Uh, Brandon is not doing it at this time. Yeah. He, he's kind of, his life is in a transitional phase, so he, it's not something he's doing at this point in time. Yeah. Helderick. We'll put Pablo on Part there, of the problem stream. with knights is CP regen, making the stratagem cost trivial. Yeah, um, Imperium can get a lot of CP back, especially, I, I'm not a fan of being able to roll twice to get one CP point back. I don't right. think that that should be a thing, mm -hmm. uh, but it is. And so it, it means you can dump a ton of CP into a knight, which yeah. if you took that away, the knight castle on specifically wouldn't be remotely as good as it is. If you couldn't just dump 30 CP onto that one model. Mm -hmm. uh, but that, that's the way it is right now. Try to kill those units that regenerate CP if you can. Um, and that you'll really take the teeth out of that unit uh, if you do that. Now that the BAO is over, how long do you think before we see the new ITC missions, Aether? So now we're going to take solicit feedback from the BAO. We're really going to focus on, on crunching down and trying to make them uh, as good as possible, listen to all that feedback. It's pretty universal. I think we have a really good idea at this point in time. Uh, the missions people like, they like Headhunter, they like Old School, they like Recon, they like Behind Enemy Lines. The ones that they don't like, they don't like the Reaper because they feel like it can be gamed. They don't like Big Game Hunter because it's, or not Big Game, I'm sorry, people love Big Game Hunter. They don't like Gangbusters because it's weird the way it's written, I agree. Um, and then they don't like the missions overlapping so much. Hey, we'll fix all that. People really don't like mission four either. The two objective mission. Mm -hmm. So that one's probably out of here. Um, I would say by, you know, in, in August, we'll get it finalized. Because okay. the idea I still want to work on and, and try and throw it out there, because I think it's I think it's got a lot of merit, is uh, taking a look at doing round by round. So who are the first person to win four rounds wins and if you each win three rounds you tie mm -hmm. um i think there's a lot of merit to that idea it'll shorten games um it, it makes the math way easier it's way easier to understand for people watching you know basically it's the first to four yeah so uh, it's a it's, it's kind of a significant change but um i'm interested to hear what people say on that one cool uh there should be a cap for regenerating cps a lot of people are feeling that way i i, I tend to agree um being able to get back that many cp when a lot of armies have no way to get CP back. It's just yeah. not really super fair. Yeah. Uh, LLV1, <clears throat> do you think the game could be more balanced if the system used an ally system similar to AOS? I actually don't like the ally system in AOS. It's too restrictive. Like, you just can't really do much with mm -hmm. it. You end up, every army ends up being generic order, chaos, destruction, or death. Like, you, it's, I, their system is just too restrictive in my opinion. Um, what do you think? Um, 
I, I, I see people's points on it, and I feel I personally agree that um, you should only be able to use stratagems um, or command points for your own faction that you're using them for. I think that would and, help. and that's as a person that uses the battery from yeah. Astro Military. I, I think it would help so. because it would make it more fair between armies that don't have the options to take all yeah. this different stuff. Like one thing a Tau player said at the event was like, I can get three relics total, and I played against a guy that had seven, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, fair enough. I really, I mean, I feel it would be more fair if, if okay, you know, like. And again, I you I do use that Astro Militarum command point battery like everyone else. Um, but you know, like you said, there's some imbalance issues. But we'll see. I mean, this isn't a the, the system that we're in is not permanent. Yep. So uh, GH Smithy says, any idea when live stream games will come back? Not in the near future, but we're actually batting around some ideas to really go back and do it big time. Mm -hmm. But that's going to take time to develop. So hang tight. Yeah. Um, Name Giver said he'd like to be able to get a psychic phase and assault phase. Uh, fair enough. I would have liked to have seen a Tau stratagem that let him shut down psychic powers, like yeah, neural web jammer or something yeah. like that. You know, like brain scrambler or drone. Right. I think that would have really been nice because they they basically don't participate in that phase. They just take it. Yeah. Which would be it would be frustrating. Uh, Strats and relics should be limited to your warlords. Says JD Esquire. Eh, I like having the special magic items. You know, like I don't. I'm not opposed to it. Mm. Um, uh, one uh, one question I've been seeing a lot on the internet lately is, do you think all uh, CP region ability should be limited to a six plus. I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you for all the questions. We are at our time. Hope you enjoyed the show. Again, fond farewell to Francis. Mm -hmm. May he always roll sixes, except when he plays us. Yeah, I like that. That's sweet. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thank <clears throat> you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, be sure to join us for the auction on Friday noon Pacific Standard Time coming up on August 3rd. Also get your SoCal open tickets as we will be expecting probably 250, I think is where we're going to land for 40K. Okay. And uh, Age of Sigmar will be between 32 and 64. Cool. Hard to tell at this point in time, but it's going to be uh, awesome. Okay. Next week. <laughs>